Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys that really hope that Gritty received all the tools of chaos that he asked Santa for for Christmas this year. Well, why don't you pick a category? There's a. I'll tell you, spell that flyer, name that asset. Random 2010 cup run. Let's go with. I gotta also remember which ones I haven't asked you before. 2010 cup run. 2010 cup run. In game three of the Stanley Cup final, Patrick Kane gave the Blackhawks a 3 2 lead with 17 10 left in regulation. Already down 2 0 in the series, it felt as though Kane's goal. Going to put the Hawks up 3-0 three, three in the series before this flyer tied the game was 20 seconds later. Is that game three? Game three, game time goal in the third that forced overtime where Claude Drew ultimately won it. It was a bit of a fluke goal. No, actually not a fluke goal. It was a surprisingly bad rebound from Anthony Niemi, I guess. <laughs> At the time, surprisingly um, bad. Now it's, it would be run of the mill rebound for. Not not remembering this too well, but I'm gonna go with uh, Scott Hartnell. Billy Lino, same uh, one. Billy Lino, good idea. Billy I Lino. mean, yeah, you had it. That was a good. Gonna take a stab at another one real quick. I'll take one more. I'll do yeah. uh, spell that flyer. Spell that flyer. Spell that flyer. Okay. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Harry's owner, Chuck. We saw at the game on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we we happened to see a Harry Z jersey, which was just stunning. It's been, like, uh, why would you spend good American currency on that? Yeah, I can't believe it. It's been only a week since we went to that game. It's it's felt like a lot. Well, I mean, it it felt like a lot's going on. Or it has happened. felt like a lot's going on. Yeah. Well, there was a major holiday. Major holiday. Uh, we saw each other twice, which is kind of huge for us. That's huge. I think we've seen <laughs> each other maybe three times ever in person our entire lives prior to this week. So yeah, and then uh, um, all right, Harry's owner Chuck. So first Harry's name. obviously H A R R Y. Nailed it. Now the hard part. Zoller Chuck. Z O L. Okay. N I E R. Uh, sorry, C O L N I E R C Y K. Oh, am I missing a Z? Yeah, yeah. He doubled down the Z's in there. He's just, yeah, the Z O L N I E R C Z Y K. C Z Y K. Damn, yeah, I was close. C Z Y K. <laughs> Bringing you the best rock in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> CZYK, 
turn it up and fuck your neighbors. <laughs> All right, uh, let's Did you say fuck your neighbors. Like you know, screw them. That's what I meant. Not like. <laughs> Not like go have a good time with your neighbors, like you know, if you're married, you know, stay at home, I guess. But uh, okay, so I mean, we can. There's uh, some other. Uh, we can do that at the end if we get enough time. If you're still awake. Okay. Or do you want well, to yeah, go? we'll see. It, yeah. it, it, we're starting this exceptionally late to start with, even for by our standards, this is extra late because we're coming on a short week where. You know, it was Christmas earlier this week, and the Flyers, there there was not much to really talk about going into last night. I know BSH Radio recorded and took a mailbag. So we decided let's wait until the Flyers play another game, their first game after Christmas, and uh, see if there's stuff to talk about. And the Flyers had, well, they had an interesting game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, although... If you'd seen the previous two games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, it was very, very similar. Oh, it kind of was, yeah. Uh, not well, exactly let's see. A great they effort. came back yeah. from down a bunch just to lose in overtime. Yeah. Which, by the way, we should talk about these overtime losses real quick because I, I, I looked up. Hey, buddy, yeah. that's a point in their pocket. Yep. <laughs> hey, a point. The Flyers. That's going to be on their headstone whenever they. Uh, franchise eventually folds so five five overtime losses this season uh how many games went past the first 30 seconds of overtime out of five out of five two two yeah uh one went a minute and 47 seconds that was the other overtime loss to the lightning that was the longest overtime the Flyers have played this year, Jesus. or the, the longest uh, in the loss. I, I forget how long it took them to beat the Coyotes. You remember when it used to be you throw Giroux, Boracek, and Gostaspare out there, and the Flyers just killed you? Yeah, I mean that's uh, and that's who they threw out there to start this overtime, and then uh, Fraud Drew decided to turn the puck over. Which I mean, I don't even remember wow. if he did anything else tonight. So, uh, one other one, the one against the Flames after they collapsed and died uh, was thirty-five seconds in the overtime. Three of them? Three of the five, Steve. Steve, are you listening? Look at me. Three of the five. Look at me. We're we're not on video chat, sir. I cannot look at you. Took 18 seconds or less. 18 seconds. 18. Uh, 13 seconds against the Sharks. 10 seconds against the Blue Jackets, where Pervoff decided to uh, uh, go into the corner while Seth Jones camped out in front. And then 18 seconds tonight. How? I How? Like, you lose four games in 35 seconds or less in overtime. You're just mailing. I don't, I don't understand how that is a thing. Like they It shouldn't just, be possible. Yeah. But uh, here, we, here we... I guess it's not that crazy, considering there seems to always be laps, lapses in the defensive zone. A lot of missed coverage. Uh, guys not marking their man. But I... I I don't. I don't know. You. It used to be a thing where the Flyers were worse on five of five, and then once they got the overtime, it was actually they they looked pretty good because it was just three of their best players were three of the better players in the league out there. But uh, yeah, but apparently overtime this year not 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 too cool to them. So hopefully, uh, not great. I mean tonight. See tonight doesn't sting that much to me because they actually did force the comeback, which I know they did earlier in the season, but it's still and last year. Yeah. Literally, the last three games against Tampa Bay have gone the same way. Well, 
got a point out of it. Didn't deserve a point. Got a point. Yeah. I mean, it was, but see, it was a good, I felt like it was a good pushback at least. And All I think tonight, yeah, I think tonight, I'm sorry. It's just the deja vu is killing yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not. Yeah. Um, but like tonight, tonight it was again, another, a nice pushback, uh, Claude Giroux scoring a contender for goal of the year. I think it, I, I mean, I'm, I might be biased and also I, I'm, probably failing to think of other big goals this year but that was probably he the best goal i saw this year one. A four on one yeah pro uh drew and pro rough had monster games but the drew goal just so many elements of it i mean the between the leg moves uh between the legs move when he's doing it he stick lifts mcdonough and then he takes it across the crease on Pazilevsky. which the by stick the stick lift is just just doing that in stride yeah i, I mean Kind of felt bad for McDonough. That was pretty gross. I, I mean, everybody saw that. It was in public, so he's got to live with that. And then the other <laughs> one, he there. I think he set up. It was for the haggle. I think he stick lifted and stole the puck from uh, McDonough in the corner there too. So McDonough didn't have a they didn't have a banner night. You pretty good defenseman. Not, not the best night against no. uh, Drew tonight. Proveroff though, I I mean, and also Drew looked pretty good on the penalty kill in the game. Uh, Proveroff had. I mean, he he's still having his his pro rough moments. He had that uh, turnover against the Blue Jackets. He, he didn't have uh, he he was out of position on the uh, the Boon Nevis. I, I can't even say his name. Boon Nevis goal uh, against the Rangers on Sunday. But tonight he had uh, a laser for a goal. He drove the net and almost scored the game winning goal. And then also in the first period. Uh, he had saved the goal in the first period, and then he saved the goal in the second period. So he, uh, oh no, he saved two in the first period. I'm sorry, but just broke up a cross crease pass that was going to be a dunk uh, before the Lightning scored like 20 seconds later, which wasn't his fault. That people wanted to blame on him for some reason. I don't know how people got there, but then, and then the second one was Gudis had a blatant turnover to uh, Palat in front, and Palat was taking it to the net, and uh, Provorov reached back and was able or was able to dive and knock it away from him, but. We should talk about that actually. That that first goal the Lightning scored because I saw some people blaming Proveroff, and I don't know how because first of all, Hag wasn't exactly challenging uh, the the entry by I don't even know who carried the puck in, but well, it wasn't really giving him too much of a fight when he entered the zone, which not the end of the world. But got in deep. Proveroff uh, was then left to cover Point and Kucherov. And Point drove to the net, so you're not going to let Point go unguarded to the net. You're going to kind of defend him, right? And not let that. And then Kucherov is wide open on the other side. And if you watch the replay, and they pointed out in the broadcast, Drew is looking at Weiss and pointing to Kucherov, and then Weiss like doesn't cover him. So you it mean, was more on. You mean to tell me, Der Weiss, this Dutch Kretzky was not doing a proper defensive play? They don't play defense in the Netherlands. That's uh. You can ask any any anybody that's paid attention to the World Cup. It's a fact. I looked yeah. it up on Wikipedia just now. Defense is outlawed there. Yeah. <laughs> I there's I'm not good. There's a joke that's coming to mind, but I'm not going there. With anyway, the I mean that was so that and again Neuver too. We should talk about the goaltending. Yeah, they so gave up Michael Neuver has has made it through back to back. Did not die. The first time since I think 2012, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the first time since the four pass was implemented to the league, he was able to stay healthy for back-to-back games. For the first time 
since George Washington crossed the Delaware, <laughs> Michael Neuverth was able to play in back-to-back hockey games. So we're the... them a few days apart. Somewhere in the Hockey Hall of Fame are just old paintings of Michael Norworth just putting on the pads and getting out there to take on the Canadians and staying healthy. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to point out too, I am uh I'm not sick now. I've been like I've had like a cold all week or something, but I feel fine, but my throat is still killing me, so I'm I'm uh chomping on some halls right now. So if you hear something in the mic, that's what it is. I didn't decide to that's uh broadcasting baby. Yeah, I didn't decide to just, you know, get down with some Jolly Ranchers in the middle of the podcast. It's more so I can keep going here but well uh, you gotta make note though that jolly ranchers is a major sponsor of this podcast yeah uh as the yeah, jolly ranchers big time supporter so uh go out and grab yourself a bag now uh, jolly ranchers hell yeah it's candy so get in there <laughs> jolly ranchers your dentist is gonna hate you. <laughs> jolly ranchers you're an adult stop start acting like it stop buying candy <laughs> Uh, so the Norvert, Norvert, the Norvert tonight. Jesus, Norvert. 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 Goals. Uh, the first one I don't think was on him. Kucherov wide open, cross ice pass. Second one he makes a ridiculous save, and then Andrew McDonald decides he wants to get in his way. Like he just slid into the crease and tried to play goalie. He was like, "Is it my turn to be goalie?" And then he just got in the way of Norvert, and it he's wasn't a pro's pro it. that AMAC. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, third goal. Blanking on what the third goal was right now. Wasn't Norbert's fault either. I know that. Was that the uh, Stamkos? Like, hey, guess what? <laughs> You're not gonna get to this one. The uh, t- yeah, the one. I mean, Stamkos was left wide open in the slot on one of them, and I Patrick got hurt. I think in the play. that might have been the third one. Yeah, and S- Scott Lawton decided he just didn't want to back. Well, there was the game. one where Patrick was also clearly hurt. Right. No, couldn't... that's the one. Yeah, the the yeah. one in the high slot, and then. The next okay, goal so your, was... your goals are the first goal was Kucherov, second goal was Braden Point. Yeah, I'm third goal on. was Stamkos. No, I think. I think yeah, that no, was, it was Stamkos. It was. it was. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, um, that was the first. That was Stamkos Steven one. Stamkos takes the pass from Nikita Kucherov in the slot and snaps a perfect shot to the top yeah. corner to give the Lightning a three to two lead. That one wasn't even fair. No, I don't know a goalie in the league who could stop that one. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's Stamkos from the slot. It's it's almost guaranteed to go in. And then the next one was Stamkos on the power play. And yeah, and I, that was the one, by the way, that third one was the one where uh, Nolan Patrick right. stopped because he was hurt. Yeah, and you could see he was in pain after the goal went in, too. And then the, the, the power play one from Stamkos was that was perfect that was placement. Just... Yeah. What what can you do? You can't do anything <laughs> about that. And then uh, the fifth one was uh, Johnson. Oh yeah, it hit Johnson in front and like uh like fluttered over Norworth and into the net with about seven seconds left in the period. After Nor- uh, Lawton took a penalty, a delay penalty. Lawton didn't have the best game. Uh, no. Not the best game for Lawton, but he did kill Mikhail Sergachev though. He did, yeah, actually, and not. He just came up, yeah. blasted a slap shot, and Sergachev immediately goes down, and you're like, "Oh no!" Do you know what serial I... killer Scott Lawton is at it again? <laughs> He's back in his office. Do you know what I always think of whenever I see a player go down? And I'm surprised I didn't call the whistle because I was waiting for the whistle. But whenever I see a player go down, I I still always think of Patrick Thorson, and I'm still bitter 
about the lack of the, of a whistle on that call. I think I and I'm not even. I mean, the Flyers won that series anyway, but the guy takes a shot in the nuts and is just yelling on the ice to make it a five on three essentially. And then the caps just cycle for like 30 seconds and they put the puck at the back of the net. And the refs are like, man, this is good legal fair hockey. I'm glad we let that one play out, boys. <laughs> good work all around. Of, he lost one of his guys, too. It's just, it's yeah. not right. I think, yeah, he like ended up, yeah, that's right. He ended up going to the hospital and they ended up, uh, I think they somehow salvaged it. But Patrick Thorson, thank you for uh, taking a shot right in the misters. Uh, forever thankful, even though they still score on that power play. But whenever I see that, like I feel like now, whenever there's a uh, somebody gets hit like that, they usually call it call a whistle within like five seconds. That was the as circuit. they should. Yeah, the circuit have one. I felt like this one was a little bit longer than usual. He still had to deflect another shot. Yeah, that was insane. But uh, that was uh, we'll have to see what we'll have to see what the updates are on uh, Lawton and uh, Sergeyev after this game. Yeah, but I mean, your point was your larger point was that Michael Neuverth really was not I, he was blamed for most of the goals. Yeah, like it's it's weird that well, we I, having another I, one of these games, but like the Stellar game, I almost game. felt like he was kind of in there as a sacrificial lamb, if you will, because yeah. Carter Hart is again. You can't really say if he's definitively the starter at this point, but it sure seems that way. And it this kind of felt like a game coming out of the break where Scott Gordon's like, oh, no, I'm protecting my dear, sweet baby boy Carter Hart right here, <laughs> and I am not going to make him face Steven Stamkos in the slot. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, and uh, it turned out to be a good call. And I was thinking of that uh, that that Flames game, which apparently ended up being the job that cost uh, Axel Schaub of the, uh, the goals against Stellars after he stole his head against the four uh, power plays against. And then they collapsed in the third and how uh, none of those goals are really on Stellar's. But, you know, it sounds say, crazy to say because they lost six to five. But again, here we are. The Flyers lost six to five. And I'm really I really don't want to pin any of these goals on Neuwirth. I mean, again, any goal, can have any shot. But for all the Christ, I, I'm not really going to go back and nitpick any of these goals against. I mean, the goal if you're looking across too. the ice, one of the best goalies in the league in Vasilevsky let up five goals to the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, and he and even Vasilevsky still made a couple monster saves early. Oh my early. god, that, that one at the beginning with Wayne Simmons. Simmons, I that poor man. I don't know what happened on that power play. You could have given that guy three hours to just sit there, and I felt like it would have just kept hitting post or like shooting across the crease. Like it just felt Snake like, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the did. one where he just like kicked it out of the air, I, I, yeah, I don't understand how that happened. I don't understand what happened there. Yeah. He's and then he also when the game was five five he uh, stoned Vavorchek point blank that should have been the, the Flyers got him up six to five with about four minutes left I think was when he stopped them also I not not bad officiating tonight but one absolutely horrendous call was the raffle should never been in the penalty box at the end of the game that no. trip should never have counted that puck came out by a foot there they they didn't even do like a slow mo action replay they just had a still shot that they cut to where it was like a foot outside the zone and kenny albert's like oh yeah that's i mean <laughs> like he even like sugarcoated he's just like oh yeah that, that fucked that up uh, yeah that's not yeah. great <laughs> yeah so i did i did enjoy the uh the, the challenge by john cooper after the drew goal too because it was kind of there was really no chance it was gonna be all sides it's just john cooper just had to call a timeout and be like 
I would have been so furious if, if that they had was offsides, though, yeah. because that is just such an amazing goal. And, yeah. like, you can't deny us that goal. You can't, because yeah. that thing is a highlight reel. I feel like John Cooper just called a timeout and looked at the refs, and he was like, okay, you can't. There's yeah, something had to have been illegal there. Like, that's not normal. You can't. Just How did he strip yeah. my guys? <laughs> yeah, Drew, usually, I think... Also with that goal, I think it's even funnier because I was like thinking about that play and I was like, he couldn't have done like that was just an insane goal. There's I don't think there's anything else he could have done to make that goal more impressive. And then it pops up on the screen who gave the assist. Did you see who assisted on that goal? Uh Andrew McDonald was one of them, right? Andrew McDonald and, and Brad Gudis. <laughs> yeah. Gudis? So you want to talk about a play where you you had to do everything yourself if you're giving those two guys out uh helpers. So it's just uh it was a pretty weird game. Uh, I mean, they lost as usual, but pretty. Uh, I mean, it's Flyers Lightning. Yeah, it was a weird game, and they lost. Yeah. Also, I put down uh, as one of the notes: JVR had two assists tonight. Uh, it's his third two-point game in the last five games. So he's been looking. I think JVR has been looking fine recently. Trade him. Tra- trade him while his value is high. Raffles look good. Trade him. Trade him. That's actually a legit. You may want to want to trade him. And I think I'm hoping. And maybe I'm not thinking of a certain place here, but uh, I, I think Proveroff, for the most part, looked fine tonight and had more plays that looked like Proveroff from last year than Proveroff from this year. Trade him. So, Proveroff? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want to trade him. <laughs> heard, here, heard here first, folks. Uh, I don't want to trade Proveroff JVR. Here. I don't want to trade Proby. And what, what are you getting for Michael Raffle? I, 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 don't, I, don't, know. Uh, I don't know what you get for. Uh... Uh, I mean, nah, he doesn't. He doesn't do enough. I mean, he doesn't really have much of a wow factor. Yeah, he has no wow factor. He doesn't put points. Side note on the wows, by the way, is this is so infected my everyday life that I found myself hanging out with my family on Christmas and somebody said something. I just replied with wow. And my sister's like, are you just throwing Owen Wilson wows out there now? And I'm like, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I heard somebody else say it the other day to me, and I know they don't listen to this, and I was just like, hmm, interesting. I think it's funny that you find it funny, <laughs> because I've got some news for you. Uh, oh, man, what was I going to say? Yeah, Ra- oh, Raffle. He's, so his goal on Sunday against the Rangers, I think this is the reason why it will be kind of hard to trade Raffle, because he's, he's a fine player, and he's... I think in fourth line minutes right now, but he his goal on Sunday was his first of the season, uh, two days before Christmas. It ended a 26-game goal drought, which spanned from 20 games earlier this season, the six-game series against the Penguins where he had, was on the top line, and then uh, he scored in the regular season finale last year. That was his last goal before Sunday. Scored tonight, too. I mean, it was a kind of a weird goal, but still once in that created a play. Uh, yeah, I think and, it'll be. I think when you said he's a fine player, but that's the perfect descriptor for Michael Raffle. Yeah, like he does a lot. Like teams would look at a player like him, I think, but he just somehow underproduces uh, actual points for a player like that. Like maybe a team that kind of looks at uh, like a deeper dive on puck possession numbers. I'm not even sure what he's doing this year, but usually. A fancy stat team would recognize his value, but yeah, um, an older school team would just be like. Yeah, that's like a sixth round pick, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so 
I yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's the Flyers got a six round pick for raffle this year. I don't know if I'd be a, I don't know if I'd turn that away. This guy's going after this year, and uh, he, he he's not coming back. If uh, I mean, unless you you think he's coming back, I have no idea. I don't think he's coming. He's not coming back. No fucking way. It or, doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Thing, it doesn't really matter if he yeah. comes back. If he doesn't, it's like okay. Yeah. Well, that's why. Like, it's really the least consequential move possible. Yeah, I think that's why I'm for just you know if he happens to be uh, we can get something for him at the deadline. May as well just. I feel like you could easily replace. Like we have people on the wings that he could put in for raffle. I guess somebody from the AHL. Sure. And Especially. if you don't, great. <laughs> it is not consequential. Michael Raffle's a fine player, but he's not the guy that you're like lamenting losing three months later. Like, man, why don't we keep Michael Raffle? Yeah. 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 Like, even the idiots that think we should have kept Belmar for whatever reason. Oh, boy. Uh, just because they were fooled into thinking he was great defensively. Like, at least they had a point that they thought he was great defensively. Can you find me somebody who thinks Michael Raffles like so great at one aspect of the game where they'll be saying, <laughs> man, why didn't we keep Michael Raffle? Uh, he did have, he had a very good goal on Sunday though. So, I like him. That's, uh, yeah. But and, uh, yeah, he's not, I uh, don't care. Yeah. Yeah. He's not worth uh sweating it, I guess. Uh, you want to, uh, you want to talk about these games real quick? I'm done the games. That happened since uh, we, last we time we recorded. Talk about them other games and uh, these other games that have gotten Flyers Twitter back to excitement, that have gotten Flyers Twitter into a bit of a frenzy, if you will, a Scott Gordon frenzy. Everybody's doing the bean pot trot. I'm looking in the streets Every of Philadelphia. People are wearing track suits <laughs> and sunglasses and doing splits left and right. I was going to say, I see unit, I see you units across uh, all the Philadelphia area, just hospitals everywhere, just filling up with people with torn groins because they, they're attempting to do splits in the street but they're all going very poorly and uh it's all thanks to scott gordon just too much Spitting celebration in the street <laughs> philadelphia pa <laughs> just a two to one win over the predators calls everybody to go out on the streets and just start doing the splits and Beam uh, pot trotting dc now <laughs> doing more uh, Van Halen references on this podcast. I think this just become a Van Halen podcast. Or as I like to say, Halen. So just kind of Oh yeah, because you're you're an insider. You're a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And by the way, Halen, not Hagar. Okay. So you know it, Yeah. That's right, Sammy. I can drive fifty five. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke five people will get. <laughs> you know <laughs> really you know, when I, when I tried right, to do a pop this. culture site for <laughs> for a hot minute i used to do some music video breakdowns and my favorite one was the i can't drive 55 music video. <laughs> did you really yeah i'll send you the link after okay. the show but uh the the video is amazing it is just i can't it's amazing. It is, yeah go watch it immediately pause you... the podcast Pull up your YouTube app and look for the I Can't Drive 55 video. My favorite was a couple years ago. Like, there was, like, a fad, like, probably 10 years ago now, of, like, super groups where, like, bit like uh, Silver Revolver was one where it was Damn just Yankees. guns and Yeah, like Damn Yank. Did you ever hear of Chicken Foot? Yeah. Yeah, it was Sammy Hagar, some dude from, like, Damn Yankees, I think. 
And then, like, somebody from the Sex Pistol, or not Sex Pistols, uh, Stone Temple Pilots. And they had, like, one <laughs> song, and it, they were just like, oh, man, Hagar's back. I'm like, what are you, it's 2010, what are you talking about? Hagar's back, <laughs> yeah. and he's still drinking Margs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck it. So, anyway, uh, yeah, Flyers look pretty good. Well, not, they looked pretty good against the Predators on Thursday. <laughs> now a break from the Cabo Wabo cast. <laughs> I think... I think Thursday's win over the Predators may have been one of the more emotional ones of the season, considering how atrocious the refs were in that game. They were pretty bad. The uh, yeah, Flyers six for six on the penalty kill too. Uh, fourth time. Wow! No, that's a legitimate wow. That is a legitimate yeah, that's a, wow. Yeah, that is, yeah, there's no. You want to talk yeah. about all the bullshit we've been through with the penalty kill this year, and that's a legitimately good effort against a pretty good team. I mean, obviously the offensive prowess is not something that Nashville's known for, but oh, they can still score. They yeah. can still score. They're still a good team. They got that jam. They got lava back there. Yeah. Uh, fourth time giving up six or more power play chances this year. The other three games, uh, three power play goals on seven penalty kills against the Senators early in the season, uh, which was the bounce back win after the uh, Sharks debacle. Three power play goals against on six chances against the Winnipeg Jets and the seven the one embarrassment like two weeks ago. Uh, one power play goal and six kills against the Flames, which we already I already mentioned with the Anthony Stolarz game, and then this game was the fourth time this season they've given up six more. But the first time this year they haven't allowed a single goal power play goal against while giving up six or more chances on the power play, and uh, it's the first time they haven't allowed a goal on the power play despite giving the other team six power plays since a five to one. Five to one win over the Buffalo Sabres on February eleventh, twenty sixteen, where they were six for six on the penalty kill. So uh, it's uh, it's been a while since they actually killed off six or more penalties and didn't allow a power play goal against. Uh, Would you say this is the real M F N deal, y'all? <laughs> no, no this this penalty kill is not quite the Biloxi yet. So they're not gonna they're not. They're not home yet. Uh, looking at the the penalty kill time, Sean Couturier had a monster game. Obviously, uh, he had that great assist on the board check goal. Had uh, I mean, he took the shot from behind on Ron Johansson that was somehow not called. And I watched a replay because we were fortunate enough to be there live, and uh, I didn't see a replay of the hit, so I thought maybe I was kind of uh, hindered like by maybe just the crowd reaction. Live. Yeah, I was got like. Because everybody was outraged like everybody yeah. immediately stood up like whoa what are you yeah. looking at are you blind watch the replay and still a big wolf because that was that was an atrocious non-call for that to bullshit. be called and then the same ref uh while scott lawton was in the opposite corner of him they called a, a borderline borderline elbow and call i i put down all the questionable calls that happened so pretty much started because uh, Ivan Proroff collided with Craig Smith behind the net after a whistle, and then they both got hit with a, uh, I guess, a rough, I forget what the penalty was, I think a roughing call. Ref was helping Proroff to the box and was, I guess, telling him to like, stay cool or something, and then Proroff pushed him and pretty much started this whole cascade of uh, nonsense. And then uh, Simmons was called with a questionable hook. Uh, Sanheim was tripped on the faceoff after Simmons' hook. Uh, the Simmons hook and it wasn't called. I mean, uh, 
and then Rakugu just got called for a delay at game, but it was one of those hilarious ones where he fired it all the way down the rink, and it went out of, over the glass on the offensive zone. It, he it did it on like, purpose. Yeah, like he, just, he did it on purpose, obviously. He wanted to show off that he was like the strongest man in the building or something. T- typical I mean, Rakugu. like Rakugu. Yeah. Uh, McDonald got called for a pretty questionable uh, hook. Uh, and then Katori was hooked on during the 5-on-3, and they didn't call anything before Hag broke his stick. 5-on-3, that lasted two minutes. So obviously, personal vendettas were it's a, a major there was factor. A lot of, there was a lot of... Simmons was also literally wrapped. Uh, somebody, I forget who was uh, skating with him on the rush as a back checker, but the guy put his right hand on Simmons' right shoulder and held it there for a good second. And the refs are like, I this is this looks like good hockey to me. This looks fine. <laughs> it was uh, and then the raffle. There was a borderline uh, trip and call and raffle at the end of the game where he hit a player in the skate, and the guy lifted up his skate. And the refs like, well, that's obviously a trip, even though said predator did not trip. So a lot of a uh, little, little fishy after that pro Ralph push. And uh, I kind of think of the Dennis Weidman situation from a few years ago where. A little more extreme, obviously, but Dennis Wyman laid out a referee from behind, became a whole thing. Referee got injured, and then the Flames, coincidentally, I believe, got the least amount of power plays for the rest of the season. So it's uh, referees don't like to be touched, which no touching, yeah, which is, I guess, fine. I mean, you know, Provoff may have ever reacted there, but at the same time, maybe uh, still be professionals. I don't know. The, the, these were all there was about eight or nine questionable calls I saw when I rewatched the game and they all didn't go the Flyers way. So it's a little, just saying. And I'm saying this because the Flyers won. If they had lost, I don't think I'll be talking about the refs as much, but a little, uh, a little shitty, in my opinion. A little shitty, but let's talk about something not shitty from that game and our, our dear, sweet baby boy, Carter Hart. Oh, yeah, Carter Hart. a pretty impressive game against Nashville. Like, you can say his first game... You know, the Flyers had a lot of shot suppression. Detroit's mm-hmm. kind of not good. Yeah. And, okay, fine. But, you know, Carter had, had a pretty good game. Nice debut, especially for a young guy. Nashville, he was just straight up impressive. Yeah, no, he made a lot of big stops. And, uh, you know, the old saying is your best penalty killer is your goalie. And I think he kind of came through on uh, this night. And he did get, I will say on the, the penalty kill, he did get some help, though, because I was about to say the uh, – Shorthand of time on ice for this game was uh, Couture at 5.15, Drew had 3.57, Hag had 6.14, Gudis had 4.23, and Sandheim at 4.14. And Hag and Sandheim each had five blocks. So they helped. But he still made, Carter Hart still made some big saves to keep the lead intact and uh, not give away a game that the Flyers more times than not would have given away there. And, We've uh, seen it lots of times. Yeah, and I think the only play I really remember that it looked like Carter Hart made a big save, but he got a little lucky, was I think it was the end of that five-on-three where Hack had broken his stick. I think it was Hack broke his stick too, yeah. And there was a cross-ice pass to Ryan Ellis. And when Ellis called it, Hack had broken his stick. I think people, everybody realized Hack had broken his stick, so it was essentially a five-on-two. And instead of trying to hold on to it and create a better play, Ellis immediately shoots it on screen from the top of the circle. And Hart still made the save, and it wasn't the easiest save. It wasn't right into his chest. But if Ellis had just recognized that Hag stick broke, he could have probably 
created something a little bit better. But still, he that sounds like something the Flyers do. <laughs> yeah, Couturier <laughs> did something like that the other night where he didn't realize that one of the players had lost their stick and had fired off the shot. And everybody, all the announcers were saying that if Couturier realized that, he probably would have held on to it and tried to yeah. make a smarter play. Yeah, I feel like the Flyers are the worst team in the league when it comes to passing when they shoot and shooting when they oh my god tonight Vorchek had a play tonight where he came down the right side I know cut, exactly which one you're yep, talking about cut into the slot in the middle of the slot top hash mark nobody contesting him doesn't even look at the net he just looks and makes a pass to the other circle and it was just, just a defenseman right like it wasn't even it was an like offensive to, player I think it was to Hag and Hag to Robert like, Hag to try to pick a corner. Like, if it's Travis yeah. Sanheim, I kind of get it. If it's Shane Gostisbury, I kind of get it. He <laughs> sends it over to Robert Hag. Yeah, like it's just man. He Jake Voracek. I if he could, I think before it's said and done, Jake Voracek will be the first guy that ever passed it on a penalty shot. I'm waiting for it. I don't know how he's going to do it, <laughs> but he'll uh, he's going to get credit for it. He'll be like. He'll get credit for it the same way that Happy Gilmore was the first player to ever take off his game and try to <laughs> fight somebody on the ice. He's going to be that with passing. Believe us to try and shot. kill a man. He try and kill, try a man. kill a man. Yeah. What was his? Other, I forget what the other Happy Gilmore stat was. He uh, had the most fighting minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Brian. I think Lopez it was most man. fighting minutes and yeah. uh, first got to try and take off his skate, skate and kill a man. Yeah, I'm sure Brian loves his pop culture reference. I'm getting it wrong. Like I got the uh, office reference wrong last week. You did get it wrong, there. and I did, and I realized I should have caught it. I should have caught it. That's on me. I, I, I will say that Brian is probably got to do a better. Got to do a better job. Brian is probably so angry right now that he's gonna punch a hole in the wall at his office, just like Jim Halpert did in the office. That's right. Oh, but, Twice. But. <laughs> nope, I'm right. I know I'm right. You know you're right, and it wasn't Andy. And you know I'm right, too. Robin Jim Halpert. <laughs> no, it was the Nardog. I know it was the Nardog. The Nardog, which is your name now. <laughs> but speaking of the Nardog, Claude Drew had 10 shots on goal in that Predators what? game, too. <laughs> I will not call Claude Drew the Nardog. Absolutely no, not. No, not at all. But he had, Drew had another monster game on Thursday, too. 10 shots on goal. Ties a career high for 10 shots a goal. He had two other games where he had 10 shots on goal. Uh, one of them was a 5-4 to four win over the Winnipeg Jets on February 21st, 2012. I remember both these games pretty uh, vividly. I'm going to see if you remember them either. But do you remember the game where James Van Riemsdyk was kind of lollygagging in the neutral zone, eventually carried it up, and then set up Simmons to score with 10 seconds left, and then the Flyers won in overtime? This was like years ago. I only remember it because it was a thing where like JVR lost the puck in the defensive zone with like 22 seconds left and then carried it all the way up the ice and set up Simmons to score. And then Simmons just glided into the glass and Winnipeg couldn't handle it. And then Freire picked uh, Johnny Odia's pocket before setting up Yager for the win in overtime. Yeah, I don't recall offhand. And then the other one where Drew had 10 shots on goal was January 20th, 2015 against the Penguins, which was probably maybe the most entertaining game of the season because it was the game against the penguins where there were four fights and the flyers i think won every fight and then claude drew scored in overtime and zach renato ran letang from behind which was not not a highlight of that game but uh, just a moment of remembrance hopefully 
It was just a <laughs> moment of remembrance. <laughs> something you remember the game by. I don't know why I said it like that. Like it was a fucking national. Craig, just admit it. it. Just admit it. You love that moment, and you're sorry. Oh, not yes. sorry about it. I watch that. Yeah, I watch that hit every single day of my life. I'm like, good. Chris the like Chris the Tank deserved it. So now I'm pretty sure that was the moment that everybody in Philadelphia clicked. He was like, all right, I think that's, I think that's enough for Zach Ronaldo. There were some people I think were still out there supporting him, but <laughs> I think that was the some moment. people that were like, Ronaldo. Only guy with heart. <laughs> I was the only one that cares. Uh, yeah, so those were the other two uh, Claude Drew 10-shot games. Third one of his career. And also one of those goals on the uh, in the Predators game was a clear on that. But, no. Take him where you can get him. Uh, shoot! I, you gotta admit, though. I, I will give the shoot crowd one thing. Claude Drew finally shooting the damn puck a lot more has been awesome. Because the dude... Yeah. Has an amazing shot. I have to look up. I feel like he's been getting more penalty kill time recently. I don't know if that's a. Uh, I don't know if that's a Scott Gordon thing. I don't know if that was the Perrier finally started doing something for the penalty kill. I'm going to assume Gordon, but I feel <laughs> I like he's got. Gotten... It's Gordon because yeah. I mean Lappy is one of the few consistent things that have stayed between the the two uh, different coaches, and the penalty kill has changed a decent amount. It's got to be Gordon. Yeah. Well, it could also be Rick Wilson. Could also be Rick Wilson. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Well, as far as I mean, the overall penalty kill. But if you're talking about Claude Drew playing more penalty kill time, that seems like a Gordon decision to me. Yeah. We'll have to see. I'll have to see if he started playing more since the uh, the Red Wings game. But what were they? They gave up one tonight. I don't know if they were tonight at the end of the night. I'll have to look that up real quick. But going into tonight, they were ten to ten on the penalty kill uh from the Nashville game through the Rangers game. And they were twelve for thirteen since Gordon took over and then tonight. Tonight wasn't up. great. How many did they give up? Tampa Bay scored on two of three power plays. I Corumba. So that means they're eleven for thirteen since the Nashville game. And then 13 of 15 since Gordon took over. So still not bad, but I mean, it it's bad. progress. It's a rough game. I mean, it's also the lightning. Right. Uh, and again, as we stated, that one stamp shot on the penalty kill that nobody was. Nobody was stopping that. They also stopped maybe the most important one late in the game, which again, should not have been called. But, uh, but I wanted to bring this up because apparently according to Bill Meltzer, uh, after the Predators game, Scott Lawn said there was a tweak that was made on the penalty kill in the D zone before the Predators game, which uh, Gordon had brought up from the Phantoms. I was not able to find what the tweak was, but I thought it was funny that Scott Gordon made a slight slight uh, tweak to the penalty kill, and then all of a sudden they start looking like they are a uh, actual NHL penalty killing unit. So it uh, begs the question, uh, what is Ian, Ian LaPierre doing? Like what is he? <laughs> again, just don't get it. I, not gonna harp on it too much, but just uh, what, what's this guy doing? I don't know what he brings to. I don't know what he does. That's all. What do you do here? <laughs> yeah, what exactly would you say you do here? That's my question. Uh, and then the other two games, I, I watched the highlights of the Blue Jackets game. I did not watch it. Uh, by the numbers, it looked like the Flyers played pretty good, but gave. The blue 
Blue Jackets some better chances and uh, left Carter Hart to uh, hung out, hung Carter Hart out to dry. Uh, he only stopped 15 of 19, but looking at the goals against, they were not exactly the easiest goals to stop. Uh, I watched I mean, the game. This is accurate based on what I saw. Yeah, I mean the two. I mean the both the Atkinson's goals were both just I. I don't know what Proroff was doing on that first one. Uh, the second one, he uh, Hart made a ridiculous leg save, and then nobody was there to help bail him out. He had to make a desperation save because Atkinson was wide open on the doorstep. Makes was a sprawling game, save. Was that the game where they scored the one right off of the faceoff also? Panarin scored in the final minute of the second, I believe, off of yeah. faceoff, and it was just a laser. So I, I'm just I'm chalking that up to Panarin. Th- that that Panarin was Tortorella stuff. trickery right there. Yeah. And also, the, even the goal against Nashville, like looking at the goals Carter Hart's given up, I, I, I'm not really. Yeah, I don't think he's given up a, a soft one yet. Uh, the the Nick Menino goal is just nonsense. It was a shot through traffic that hit, I think Kelly Yarncroft in front, and took a weird bounce right to Nick Menino in the slot, and it's just, it's just a tough bounce. But uh, I think you, uh, Carter Hart's got a 904 save percentage so far. And not the best numbers, but again, not really, not really looking too bad in what I've seen. Uh, I didn't really have many takeaways from besides that from the. Uh, uh, they scored a power play goal against the Blue Jackets, uh, and from the loss in Buffalo to the Nashville game, which was thirteen games, the power the power play was one for thirty one or three point two percent. So that yeah. is man, it's one of those things. I I looked the they flashed the ranking for the power play on the broadcast a few nights ago. And I saw they were like dead last at the time. And I'm like, holy shit. When did the power play get that? Uh, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Hall. I don't know if the the guy for CSN Philly, I keep, I always mean to put it in here, but he, he's been tweeting out something and it was like before they scored these last couple goals, but the Flyers had back to back two uh, back to back games where they had two power play goals. And it was the game against the sharks and the game against the senators. And then since then, they they are dead last in the league of power play uh, percentage and by a far amount. And I mean, this doesn't even span back to that, but 3.2% is just, that's... So it's abysmal. That's it's, it's something. That's got to be some kind of historic pace. And then oh, the last... It's a giant heap of shit. <laughs> and then also, uh, in the Blue Jackets game and in the Rangers game, the Flyers ended up uh, with more special team goals than their opposition for just the third and fourth times this season. So out of the 30, I think tonight was the 36th game of the season. So four times this season, they have, have produced more goals while on the power player shorthanded than they than the opposition this year. So uh, things are going well under Hack, is what you're telling me. Things are, yeah, things are pretty well. And also, the first two times it happened was the win against Pittsburgh and... Uh, the win in Pittsburgh, where it was, uh, I believe, five to two, and then the six to two winning uh, against Buffalo. So both came after Hexall was gone, which obviously he had a big role in this. But it was the <laughs> both those games All affected by him. Yeah, both of these games were just when that penalty kill went on. Uh, I think they killed fifteen straight, and they ended up getting a shorthanded goal in each one. So both those games were just they were one and zero during special teams play, but they were both shorthanded goals, and then. Uh, against the Blue Jackets, they ended up having more power play goals. And against the Rangers, they had a power play goal. So first time in a while, they've had uh, back-to-back power play goals and back-to-back games, too. 
So I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but based on a lot of the blurbs I've seen on Twitter recently, it seems like the main thing Scott Gordon's doing to help both the the penalty kill and the power play is kind of simplify things for the guys in a good way. Yeah, I get back to basics approach, if you will. Yeah, which I, I think as an interim coach is probably the easiest thing to do, especially yeah. if. Uh... Well, there's some interesting stuff I'm seeing. Like th- th- there's that back to basics approach, but also um, I think Konechny has probably been the most vocal player about the differences between Hackstall and Gordon so far. And from what Konechny has been saying, and apologies for whoever posted the quotes, I am just not sure offhand. But uh, based on what Konechny has been saying, it sounds like Gordon is a lot more thorough in his coaching, explaining a lot more of what's going on in the procedure and his thought process behind the changes he's implementing. And um, I I just find that interesting. It sounds like Hack was kind of tight lipped and a little more like, uh, why should we do this, coach? Because I told you to do it. Yeah. And I I feel like uh, I've seen people mention on Twitter, too, but. Like watching these games with Gordon too, they cut to him on the bench. It does seem like he's talking to his players more than than Hackstall did, which uh, I know that's a very selective thing to point out. And no, it, it's definitely the case where he seems much more involved in yeah. actually communicating with them. With um, you talk about how Hack lost the team, and I think that, at least from an outsider's perspective, that seems like a uh, a big contributing well, he, factor to what why that happened. Yeah, and he definitely lost the team because connecting at quotes and uh, Sean Couturier said it tonight during the uh, his pregame interview with Brian Boucher. But uh, connecting uh, via Boric, John Boric, uh, connecting said, uh, "quote It just wasn't working at the time. Gordon has done a great job of coming in and kind of adapting to how our team plays and changing a few things, and we did a good job listening. Everybody's buying in right now and doing the little things." And that is almost verbatim what Sean Couturier said before the game today as well. So I, I think I think the players were just checked out and they needed to uh, at least get a new voice in there. And I mentioned that Couturier had an interview with Brian Boucher. And Brian Boucher, I don't know what was up with him in the first period, but he said gritty at least three times. I think he said it four times. <laughs> and the th- But not like the mascot. He just used the word gritty three times in about a minute span. And then he talked about Darren Poopa. Like he was just referencing. I, it's a great name. How can you not say it? Yeah, but I, it makes me think that he was just, I maybe got, I don't know. Maybe got like a Preston and Steve challenge or something. Where he, <laughs> yeah. He had to say a specific name. Like, I, I okay, said, Brian, when you're on the broadcast for, this is for charity, mind you, but we want you to say <laughs> Darren Poopa. I feel like he just, I, I think he was just on one. And in the, the first period, he was just losing his mind and just couldn't focus on the game. And he started thinking way too uh, philosophical. And he's just like, man, just, uh, you know, it looks like Pete Peters out there, you know, just imagine goalies in the 80s. And then he starts like talking about all this random shit in the past. Just Brian Boucher losing his mind on the bench over there. I'm reminded of uh, the last time I had a certain substance and I had a bus <laughs> ride home from the city of New York. And uh, just sat there on the bus thinking, am I chewing really loud? <laughs> Can this guy next to me hear? Am I swallowing real loud right now? Can this guy hear me swallowing? Oh, my God. He hears everything I'm doing. <laughs> hour and a half bus ride. Did you eat for an hour and a half? No, 
but I was, yeah, okay, my yeah. mouth was it my probably mouth felt was like dry. an hour and a half. My mouth was very very dry. Yeah, so. probably felt like I found an hour gum and half, though, and it was all good. <laughs> I found gum. But uh, that's my theory on the greedy Darren Poopa exchange for Brian Boucher. I was expecting him to just go on rants about like uh, meaning a life forward pass, uh, Lester Patrick in the second period, kind of lean back, let the players, you know, do what they want to do. But uh, yeah, so Sean Couturier and Connecting kind of said the same thing that the players just ultimately gave up on Hackstall, which uh, good for them because Hackstall kind of sucked. Uh, Dr- uh, Scott Gordon used a timeout tonight. Just wanted to point that out as well. Whoa! And not even like a "What are you doing? You should call a timeout." He was just like, you know what? I think my guys need a breather, and he called a timeout. Very refreshing. I know they lost. Who cares? But he also <laughs> called. He also called a timeout. Uh, he also called a pretty good timeout against the Predators. During that lengthy five-on-three, again, felt like a common-sense timeout, but he called it, which is, it's a nice change of pace, because I'm pretty sure Hackstall would have told his players to get on the ice and skate around for a bit, loosen their legs, get, get more activity going during that lengthy five-on-three. Figure it out, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I got no idea. Just make sure you're sprinting right now between whistles. Got to get tired. Uh, and then the Rangers game, I don't really have uh, for the notes on the Rangers game I got here. Uh, Your notes are got drunk at BSH get together. Had a few ice cold beers. Yeah, thank you to everybody that came out. It was nice seeing everybody. Uh, it was nice meeting new people. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming out and uh, having a good time with us. I'm pretty sure everybody was happy. To... Thanks for listening. And I am just, again, I'm sorry for Craig. I'm sorry. I try to rein him in. And <laughs> it just, I'm a loose, it, I'm a loose cannon. People know you're this. the wild card. Yeah. But, uh, you know, once you get a couple of, uh, once I get like 10 or 11 apple martinis in me, I'm just, uh, I'm crazy out there. <laughs> apple <teenies. laughs> couple, uh, couple sea breezes, couple, uh, cranberry vodkas. And I'm just all, I'm unhinged. <laughs> Start talking about how this team needs to bring back Yersoff Modry and how Ken Hitchcock didn't get a fair shake here. So that's, the mode man. Yeah. The mode man, baby. Got Yersoff Modry. Mode man. <laughs> <laughs> yourself Modry and Patrick Thorson in, in this episode. So shout out but, to the 2008 Flyers. To piggyback off what you're saying, yeah, it, it was great to meet some listeners. And, uh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, piggyback off yourself Modry. Where are you going with this? <laughs> to, to piggyback off the Mode Man. Hans Mode Man. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Um, it was Jasper, not Hans Pullman. Anyway, um, yeah, no. Wonderful to meet some people. We had a great time, and uh, hopefully we can have uh, another viewing party or get-together sometime yeah, soon. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully we also go to uh, another game soon to do the uh, Ed Snyder uh, or the, the Snyder Hockey Foundation stuff, and then uh, can stump the people. As you well stumped as, a lot uh, of people. I, am, I was told by Kelly to make the questions hard, and evidently I made them too hard, according to the masses as well as uh, – my boss. So yeah, and you, yeah. So uh, I will make them a little bit easier next time. Like who is number what? I'm sorry. Most fans should know how to spell Dmitry Fenisankov. Just my opinion. I'm sorry that you don't know how to spell Carlo Koliakov. <laughs> I'm sorry idiot. you don't know who scored the only Flyers goal in Game Two of the 2010 Stanley Cup. Sorry. Guess you don't watch the team. <laughs> you know, real That's fans know. Script, yeah. I know you're not, so it's fine. It's whatever. I don't want to say I'm better than you, but like I'm better than you, so I'm sorry. 
sorry about that. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, people who are better than both of us, uh, we could talk about, uh, you want to talk about Morgan Frost lighting the world on fire right now? I would now? love to talk about Morgan Frost lighting the world on fire because, man, he's killing it in World Juniors right now. A five-point game. He had a hat-trick and two assists in Canada's 14 nothing win over Denmark, which I could run about. But he leads a... Revenge game. Leads... <laughs> Suck it, Danes. Uh, he leads the tournament in scoring. His, two of his goals were pretty ridiculous. He got set up pretty nicely for the third goal. Uh, yeah, the first goal is just a nice, a nice move in close where he embarrassed the Danish goalie, and then the Second one was a pretty nice wrist shot. And his first assist was a pretty insane assist. Uh, and then bunch of people for the U.S. team. Morgan Frost is the only Canadian Flyers prospect at the tournament, by the way. Uh, team USA has Joel Farabee, Jay O'Brien, Noah Cates, and Jackson Ivney. Uh, they beat Slovakia yesterday. None of them registered a point, so they're all busts. And then Sweden has Trade Adam Ginning and Samuel Urson. And uh, Samuel Arson stopped 29 of 30 in Sweden's 2-1 to win over Finland and then stopped 20 of 22 tonight against Slovakia in their 5-2 to two win. And Ginning, of course, didn't get any points. So they're Arson uh, uh, and uh, Morgan Frost looking pretty good. pretty good. I've heard a lot of people talking up Samuel Arson, and hopefully he is it's a late-round gem that turns out to be a... Uh, semi-useful goalie for the Flyers in the near future. I mean, they are the Flyers already have plenty of goalies right now that are working wonderfully in the franchise, but hopefully Ersan uh, can add all to that in a couple of years. Uh, I have not been able to watch any of these games, unfortunately. I've just been able to watch some of the highlights because I do not have NHL Network. So, oh, come on. But the... So, the end of rundown... Craig, how the, are we supposed to trust your opinion? <laughs> Just gonna bullshit. Like you, everybody's listening to this podcast. They know. They know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just me talking out of my ass. So I'm gonna continue to do that. But fly, seven Flyers prospects at the World Junior Championship. Uh, like I said, USA: Joel Farabee, Jay O'Brien, Noah Cage, Jackson Ivney, Ginning and Ersan for Sweden, and then Morgan Frost for Canada. Um, pretty sure Canada's gonna do pretty well and win. Those but, Canadians, uh, hopefully... no hockey, I guess. Yeah, I know a little something. Uh, but it's nice to see Morgan Frost. I mean, he is getting into the territory where he can't really prove much else at the junior level, and uh, Hextall is not in charge anymore. So do you think there's a chance he'll be up here next season and he won't have to take the AHL year of conditioning? It's, it's hot take time, Craig. It's hot take time. Oh, oh shit. Even if Hextall was here? I would think you'd have a chance next year. Next year? Well, do you think... Even if Hextall was here, I think you'd have a chance at the big club next year because I think the bigger concern was him putting on size. All right. That sounds like an argument we shouldn't... uh, A can of worms we maybe shouldn't open? Well, because it's going to be a thing we're never going to be able to prove either way. I know. But I agree with you. I'm just just throwing a hot take down. Yeah. And... uh, that's my take. But anyway, yeah, I think he's got a great <laughs> shot next year. I think he's got a really good shot because yeah. I think he is proving all he can prove. And I think a lot of it just depends on how he looks in camp next year. I think he's going to have a chance to make it out. Right. 
but uh I, I I thought he had a chance this year, but he didn't quite. Yeah, he didn't do I, much. I don't think he was quite where the Flyers wanted him to be, and I yeah. think it, they were justified in sending him back for another year in juniors. And uh, no, I'm I'm excited to see what he can put together for next year. I think he looks amazing, and uh, I feel very good about the trade that was made to get him. And I I've always felt pretty good about it because I didn't really I wasn't that upset to see Braden Shen go in the first place. Yeah, well, nobody nobody actually likes Braden Chen. I mean, there are some people that pretend to like him at Broadstreet Hockey, but nobody actually liked him. <laughs> so it's, uh, I think the trade was fine, and I think it's worth pointing out that, uh, you know, the Blues are a lot better off with Braden Chen because they're a pretty good contender right now, pushing the uh, top of the NHL standings. So they're doing that. amazing. Yeah, they're Them good. and the Broobster. Yeah. I'm gonna. By the way, I'm gonna pin all the blue struggles on Branchen. Branchen's five on five play in Philly because I think that's a very fair, fair thing to do. Uh, but <laughs> those two. So Jay O'Brien and Noah Cates were guys that I liked during the draft year before they were drafted by the Flyers, and they're both. I mean, they haven't done anything in this tournament yet. But Jay O'Brien is kind of. Uh, they're both freshmen in college this year too. Er, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay O'Brien has kind of had a, uh, I wouldn't say rough. I think he just hasn't been putting up a lot of points yet at, uh, with Providence. But Noah Cates has been off to a pretty decent start at the uh, University of Minnesota Duluth. So hopefully, I think Jay O'Brien will be fine over time. Like He'll eventually start putting up points. And I think Noah Cates was a, uh, I, I kind of, I was very happy they drafted him on. I think they took him in the fifth round in 2017. And I'm happy they ended up taking a chance on him. And uh, I liked him, and I liked Shushko in, uh, in, in 2017, too. And he's Maxime doing, Shushko. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing fine. I don't know. I have no idea when those guys will be anywhere near close to competing. But uh, Joel Farabee, I assume, will take over a game here in this tournament. But I think getting – if we're going to start, you know, if we're doing the whole possibly trading prospects thing, I think getting is my guy to – get the hell out of the prospect cool because he is a you didn't like him even when he was picked yeah like i, I i'm just not a fan of that i, I th- we i mean we can talk about because this will work perfectly into the next guy we can talk about but uh physical blue liners in the in the pipeline uh i understand you need them i don't really care that much in about theory you need them in theory yeah, but but there are times where I think people chalk it up where a physical blue liner can help in games where it wouldn't have mattered. For instance, tonight, when Sam Carcitti talked about Marin a lot and then said the Flyers could have used a physical blue liner like him in tonight's game, where the Lightning did nothing but make beautiful tic-tac-toe plays and then rip shots wide open from the slot and whatnot, which are goals that physical defensemen are going to allow either way. It was not as though there were three or four goals where a light, a lightning player was just in the crease, taking two or three whacks at a rebound. It was You mean to tell me that Sam Moran, not with his just sheer size, is not going to go, go gadget his way out to every puck and just kick him aside. Like they're nothing. Now, if he did have go, go gadget capabilities, like inspector gadget, I think we should, keep on developing him i mean you know it hasn't everybody knows the sam Marin process has been very quick and you know moves along very very swiftly and there hasn't been any hiccups and uh 
the first round pick in 2018. He's almost in the NHL already. So we haven't had to wait at all on Sam Murray's development, but uh, he's he's almost here. I uh, Marin people, is coming. Marin is coming. He traveled with the team recently, and that's why this whole Sam Marin debate has come up recently. But I don't understand why we're like. I guess he's a today, first round pick. Literally today, it came back up. Yeah, and he, nothing's changed with this. He's supposed still supposed to come back in February, I believe. So I, I don't know. I think people. He's one of those players that just generates a lot of. He's uh, a polarizing prospect, I guess, where he just. People, uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. People want him to desperately be the next Chris Pronger, yeah, because he's big. Yeah, and I think. See, I think he has a mean streak. I think he's quicker than he'll get credit for for his size. Because uh, I remember that game. Uh, again, it was a game like two years ago, but he kept up with Taylor Hall on a rush. So he, I think tools are there for him to be good. I don't think he, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm more excited for Frost and uh, As you should more be. excited for Phil Myers than a Sam Marin type. And I think Sam Marin can cut out his place on the team. He could be, I think he has the ability to be an effective penalty killer and maybe be a number four. But I am not getting my hopes up. I think that is the best possible outcome. I agree with you. And I think it's just because people think he's got pronger upside, but he doesn't. You have to lower your expectations. If you think of him as a five or six, cool. I'm down for that because guess what? You need guys at every, you need six defensemen ultimately. Yeah. And hopefully you need six defensemen that aren't Andrew McDonald. Right. And if you can get Sam Moran in there as the, uh, the bottom pairing guy, awesome. Cheap bottom pairing guy, even better. So yeah, I'm all for it, but don't expect Pronger. Uh, I think yeah. Phil Myers is much more exciting. Right-handed shot. He's also pretty big and he uh, has a little more skating capability, which is great. Also speaking of, bigger players that can skate and also put up more points and are kind of more ideal for today's league. Uh, Igor Zamula, who has eight goals, 21 assists uh, for 29 points in 34 games this year with the Calgary Hitman in the WHL had a phenomenal goal this week, which I put in our notes, Steve, and a little, little razzle dazzle and then a little cockiness after the goal. But I, I'm pretty excited about him too. And I think I would probably, I mean, we haven't seen much of him. Uh, but I think I'm kind of more excited about Samoa than Marin. I, I just yeah, Mike Samoa is pretty interesting. <laughs> he's whooping his he's whooping his dong out at bars for all the ladies. Apparently, so just keeps I... going to the outside of the net. <laughs> he's skating around the entire rink. Eventually, he's going to get to the net. I just feel like uh, stay-at-home defenseman. And... Yeah, these are 1996 football jokes. <laughs> yeah, they're getting all tonight. Uh, Goes in line with the the can't drive fifty five jokes that we had earlier. The fifty five, <laughs> uh, but stay at home defensemen and players that are projected to be bottom six forwards are guys that you. I, I, my general philosophy is you shouldn't draft them because what's the point? You, you can get those guys easily in free agency. And it's like drafting a Terrell Goldborn. Pretty much, yeah, that bottom six guy. Uh, him. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other uh, Samuel Dove McFalls, RIP, RIPD. Drafted uh, for his name. Drafted for that great name. And they didn't even keep him for the name, which is the worst part. And then Adam Ginning, who is a guy that uh, 
I, I mean, he he's a stay-at-home guy, but I feel like you can can wait until Roman Polak hits free agency and then make him your third pairing, clear the crease type of guy. And again, in tonight's game, I mean, the, I know Carcini called for it. I, I don't know how many other people called for it, but like in tonight's game, that that really wouldn't have helped. And I don't know many situations where. The Flyers have just gotten outworked around the crease. I'm sure they're. I mean, they give up the opportunities. Thing is, Tampa Bay doesn't really win with their physicality, with being bigger. Tampa Bay wins with their skill, man. They are so skilled. They're so fast. Those those passes, man, that they're throwing around in the offensive zone. They're so crisp. They're so good. Yeah. And they still have. I mean, they still have big guys that can be physical. I mean, Hemin and Sergeyev are bigger, bigger dudes. Uh, Dan Girardi is that stay-at-home guy but again they you can get Girardi off the street for nothing that's that's the thing like you don't need to invest a second round pick sure a 13th it, overall pick in a guy great like you got bigger guys but guess what Claude Giroux just carved his way through four of those guys tonight like they were nothing skill wins out at the end of the day in today's NHL it is no longer a size game it is a speed and skill game and I need the Flyers to keep adapting to that keep on doing what they've been doing in the past few years. And Ginning's really the exception. Most of the defensemen they've drafted have been more adaptable to today's style of play rather than the Sam Moran, Darian Hatcher, you know, like that older style of play, that physical style. And, and that is true because even in, uh, in 2017, Kalyanok, Wyatt Kalyanok was a seventh round pick. And that's like, that's the type of pick I want to see them make rather than, take a chance on a guy that was an overager late in the in the draft but is still a mobile guy that's going to put up points rather than a a Ginning who is just going to clear the crease and not do much i don't know he again i think he's logging i think he's logging a lot of ice time over in the shl but i just i really i, I don't know it's like who cares i'm <laughs> i just don't want to who cares yeah, is what it comes I, down to but you're right you're, you're right it does come down to who cares. And I, I mean, frankly, that is the exception. Uh, if you're looking at the Hextall draft picks, as far as defensemen go, uh, getting was a head scratcher all around. Really? Yeah. Nobody understood that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last part, uh, I guess of, uh, not really prospects, but some, it's, I think it's the only transaction the Flyers technically made this week, but, uh, they called Veroni back up after they sat him down last week which I'm pretty sure looking at the moves that they made that day, Fletcher sent down Veroni. They bought out uh Radil Vasleaf and then or put him on unconditional waivers. And then they called up Veroni the next day before the holiday freeze. So I'm assuming that was so I believe it was so he can possibly play AHL games, but he then I'm not doing that. I think it was more so they could possibly uh um He's trying to make a trade, and they're trying to open up a spot. That's why I think it was. And then it just didn't happen. They ended up calling Veroni up the next day anyway. And uh, Veroni ended up scoring. Uh, he scored a pretty nice goal on Saturday. Had a nice rebound. Uh, put a nice rebound in. And then uh, tonight, he tried the uh, the run of the mill uh, where the hat where the net is a hat goal and uh, took a shot while he was in the net, but it ended up not going in. So I, there was a, that was when the game was tied. It looked like he was about to get the Flyers a lead, and he was inside the net and was just unable to poke a puck free and put it past Vasilevsky. But, uh, you know, shout-out for the attempt. It was uh, pretty entertaining. I think the last uh, 
shot I saw where a flyer, flyer tried to wear a uh, the net as a hat was when Matt Cook was shoved into the net by Chris Pronger back in like 2010. Oh, and Matt that, Cook. Yeah. What a professional scumbag that guy was. Yeah, man, Matt Cook is up there for one of the worst people ever. He was pretty... Who? Oh, man. this I don't know if we have enough time for this. Who was worse, Matt Cook or Tom Wilson? My initial instinct says Matt Cook. I mind this too. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to go back and watch all those stomach churning hits that both of those guys have laid out there. If yeah. hits is the term you want to use for it, not assault. I think. I mean, Matt Cook had some. Matt Cook had some doozies, and uh, they both are players that have been warned enough, but they keep giving out these shitty ass hits. But Tom Wilson will have streaks. Like Tom Wilson had, I think, like a five goal. Five game goal streak. And Every like, now and then, Tom Wilson can actually play hockey. I don't yeah, think Matt Cook could ever really play hockey. Like he is a like he's a fine supplemental player in the top six. But they, I mean, if you talk to Cavs fans, they kind of lose their mind when you mention Tom Wilson because it's it's too much of a Tom Wilson and us against the world type thing when you talk. I think when you listen to Cavs fans talk about Tom Wilson, because even he's like just misunderstood, Craig. <laughs> even like analytics, uh, like Cavs writers that are big in like puck possession numbers and analytics like still lose their mind over tom wilson which i think he does have fine underlying numbers but it's still a thing where they even use like i don't know archaic arguments about uh all nice presence Art. and all this kind of shit yeah exactly and like grinding it out and stuff which yeah but uh i think my favorite matt cook thing ever was him getting knocked out by uh was either him getting knocked out by vander kane or when he dropped down to his knees in a fight with Mike Richards, and Mike Richards kept uh, kept wailing away on him. That was a classic uh, Mike Richards moment. So, RIPD. RIPD, Mike Richards. R.I.P.D. Richards. He's probably fishing somewhere right now. So. Oh, yeah, he's actually having a great Richards. time. Yeah. He's having a great time. He's I, I, fishing, I'm he's sure drinking he's, a, yeah. a cold one. He's happy right now just being miles and miles away from anything related to hockey. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, uh... uh you want to try and guess one more trivia question? We'll do, around I do the one way. more trivia question. Okay, let's see here. What category you want? I want another spelling challenge. Let me give you the one I think was the easiest one out of the nine names I got here. You ready? Sure. Ossie Vanden. O S S I. Nailed it. I, 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 <laughs> the way you said that though it just sounded like uh like he was the uh the antagonist in like a action movie v a n nope no v a i n nope all right, I, don't know. I fucked that one up. V A A N A N E N. Yeah, screw. Yeah, screw. Anyway, uh, do you want one more actual trivia question? Sure. And then we'll get we'll get the show on the road. Uh, dealer's choice. <laughs> dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Okay. The Flyers traded Eric Lindros to the New York Rangers on August twentieth, two thousand one. They gave up three players and a third round pick in two thousand three. Can you name two of the players who the Flyers drafted with that pick? Whoa. Uh, 
Can you repeat that? There's a yeah. lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, okay. So the 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 Lindros trade to the Rangers. The Flyers got three players in return and got a draft pick, a third round pick in 2003. Can you name two of the players they got or who the third round pick in 2003 ended up being? Ended up playing for the Flyers uh, later on. I can name I can name one of the players they got, Kim Janssen. Yes. But I can't really remember any of the other pieces involved. And I think that's deservedly so because they were not uh they're not big name players, but um let me look here. Uh so Kim Janssen you got Pavel Brendel. Ah, Brendel. Yeah, Jan Halavik. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten and that. Then Brendel, the, Brendel, though, I I, I think Brendel. I thought you were going to get Brendel, honestly. And then the third round pick in two thousand three was Stefan Ruzica. Ruzica. Yeah, I can't say the name. And that guy, I don't have to. I think he played like fourteen games with Flyers or some shit. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Steve, you're just like everybody else. You just don't know the things that I know. It's a real shame. Just being the walking <laughs> almanac know of the things. <laughs> you just don't know the things I looked up on Wikipedia. <laughs> hey, pretty much, yeah. I'll make them. Uh, if we do that again, I'll make them a little, a little bit easier. Because I mean, just a little though. Like I, I don't want all slam dunks. No, I th- well, these are actually the like legitimately tough. But like, for instance, I asked some questions that I thought were pretty simple and with no clue. Yeah, so, I yeah it was uh what was it because one of them was the uh, Flyers Senators uh, the brawl and I asked how many penalty minutes there were and I I don't think I think one person got one of them and then ten Flyers fought and I wanted I wanted people to name like three of them the one and, guy the one guy did get Donald Brashear though the one guy did get Donald Brashear somebody guessed Eric Lindros <laughs> and I was like oh. <laughs> I was like, I, I, there's a timeline there. And uh, I think so, somebody said Keith Primo, which wasn't a bad guess either. But I, that game was weird because I, I did the return flight on that one. And it was like uh, Keith Primo, Jeremy Roenick, and I think Eric Desjardins were all out for that game. Huh. Yeah, they were all injured. Because, I mean, it was 2004. Everybody ended up getting fucking injured at the right time for that round. Because, you know, yeah, Sam McCaffin right. started playing defense. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there aren't any good. Oh, one more 2010 run. I think you might be able to get this one if you think about it. Cause the, the answer is, are the two most logical names. All right. So, uh, Michael Layton got three shutouts in the Easter conference final 2010 Easter conference final against the Canadians. Two other flyers goalies, uh, have gotten three or more shutouts in one single postseason. What two goalies were they? Okay. <clears throat> Do you repeat this one more time? So, Michael Lane got three shutouts in the Eastern Conference Final against the Canadians in the 2010. Okay. He became the third goalie in Flyers history to have three shutouts in one postseason. Three shutouts or more. Can you name the other two goalies who had three shutouts or more in one postseason? Bernie Perrant. Bernie Perrant. Ron Hextall? No. We'll Pelly take another Lumber? guess. Yeah, Pelly Lumberg. There you go. Okay. Now, how many people do you think would have gotten that on the concourse? I feel like everybody would Older have guys would Bernie have gotten Perron. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think anybody 
So I'm kind of on the precipice there because I'm 34. Yeah. So I think guys like a couple years older than me and up would definitely get it because Pelly Lindbergh is a, a revered name yeah. uh, amongst that generation of Flyers fans. But my age and younger, so I would say over the age of 30, there's a, a real possibility. Under the age of 30, not much of a chance. Yeah. Do you want to... So Bernie Prano got four and Pelly Lindbergh got three. Do you want to take a guess what years they were? They're both years that the Flyers went to the Cup. Uh, so Lindbergh was 84, right? 85. 85. 85. I mean, yeah, I'm giving it to you. That's close, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what is... I mean, Bernie, there... there's only three options. Right. I'm going to go with 74. 75. 75, damn. 75. I mean, that's, but you're, yeah. 74, 75, 76 would have been the, uh, yeah, the sweet spot there for Bernie Prompt. All right. We're done with the impossibly difficult uh, <laughs> trivia that I decided now, to Craig, put on a bunch of drunk people at the Wells Fargo Center. Craig, I, I think you can get this one, but this is the one of the questions I asked somebody uh, oh, at the. Oh, I don't Congress. like this. All right. Well, yeah, like uh, th- no, this is a pretty good one. I okay. mean, this is a pretty straightforward one. So in 2012, uh, the Flyers had uh, they had a, a very efficient line, a great line. Some people call it the the G line. I like to call it the G unit because that's much more fun. Just a G unit. But when so two of the three members of that line made the all star game. The third member did not make it. What did the two members that did make it do in their introduction to honor the third member? Oh, you member? already, they saluted. You already told me this. Okay. Yeah, it was because Yarmir Yager didn't make it. I was sure somebody off. didn't get this because this is only, what, six years Couple ago years now? Ago, yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest moment from that All-Star game, too, was the, uh, the suck, it, uh, suck It for Enough moment from Hartnell. Oh, yeah. And then they ended up fighting when they played the Leafs later that season. As the infamous uh, Hartnell scored, and then two seconds later fought after he scored. <laughs> <laughs> and the most Scott Hartnell thing. Oh yeah, by the way, Scott Hartnell was uh, at the was honored in the uh, during the uh, the Predators game on Thursday and did the say, uh, Flyers marketing did a great job yeah. with the video with oh, him my God. and Gritty. With him and Gritty, yeah, it was pretty Fantastic. funny. Uh, and he he did his whole uh, the whole can you hear me the Hulk Hogan thing. Because of uh, a reference to him making fun of that Penguins fan, who unfortunately I forget his name now, but was a pretty big made that series a lot of fun. And unfortunately, that fan has passed away since then. I think he passed away from cancer. I actually want to look up his name, so I'm not just referring to yeah. him as I, that. I fan. know that I remember hearing the fan referred to as Malkamania before. Yeah, that's what he went as. I forget what his actual. Uh, I forget what his actual name was. I'm trying to look it up, but then we'll do this and I'll do it around the league. Um, Cy Clark, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, Cy Clark. So yeah, he was a. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, that's what it was. Malkin Mania. You're right, because he he dressed up like Hulk Hogan, but it was all Malkin stuff. And then he started talking a lot of shit to Flyers bench during game two, and then Hardin started making fun of him by doing the. Uh, the ear thing, and then he did that when he walked out on the uh, the red carpet for the uh, ceremonial puck drop. 
what a oh, great movie. That, that was yeah. just what a tremendous series that was and god that series, that series was nuts yeah i that's got to be one of the best series across the league over the last decade i think just in terms of the the scores all the fighting and just all the nonsense that took place during that series had to have been like one of the more entertaining series over the last decade but anyway uh around the league only a couple things but uh we'll, th- we'll touch on them real quick uh Eric Carlson suspended two games for an illegal check to the head of the Kings, Austin Wagner. Ryan Hartman says fined uh, $1,000 for spearing Boston's Chris Wagner. Uh, apparently, just if your name is Wagner, you shouldn't be in the lineup because you're going to have uh, some dumb shit happen to you. Correct. Next week, so, yeah. Juju Cara suspended two games for cross-checking Vince Dunn of the Blues last Tuesday. Uh, a couple injuries. Uh, Matt Dumbo is out for three months after surgery for an upper body injury. Colin Wilson is week to week with a shoulder injury. Tyler Ennis is out indefinitely with a broken ankle. Uh, Rick Gineret is uh, fine after being taken out of the broadcast booth on a stretcher during the Ducks-Sabres game last week. So kind of a scary situation. Rick Gineret's been doing the... He's been the voice of the Sabres forever now. Uh, And uh, Jake Gensel got an extension. Uh... Five years, thirty million, I believe, is what the total is. Uh, a little, a little different than the the Andrew McDonald, but uh, I know Gensel's good and everything. Seems like a pretty penny for Jake Gensel, but he is. Yeah, uh, and it seems like ever since Rutherford got his extension, he's just like, "Oh, let's do this. Let's go nuts." <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Rutherford. So that team's won, th- what, three cups under him or two? Two. 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 Okay. So, yeah. You got to give him credit for that. You have to. But on the other hand, that guy makes some decisions. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he did Jack make the trade. Yeah. The Jack Johnson trade. Just, I, I don't get that one. Like, do, do GMs reach a certain point where they just lose their damn minds? And then you have to decide Whoa. if their track record is. See, my thing was, I I think he was, first of all, he just won three cups overall. He won one with the Hurricanes, and then he won two with the, the Penguins. But I think he, I don't know, I think he pressed the right buttons early on. And I think Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson does fall in line of their theory of we're going to bring in mild to shitty mobile defensemen and make them 50-point scorers like they, they did with Trevor Daly and they tried to with Matt Hunwick. And it does, uh, I mean, it, it looks like that, Theory is finally going to stall out on Jack Johnson, and thankfully it does because he's the one who signed the heftiest contract. That's probably going to bite him in the ass. But uh, you know, he does. I, I don't know. It, it's always kind of hard judging the GM and coaching work of the Penguins because they are they're lucky enough to have Crosby and Malkin to work with. But then at the same time, it's also a they're always kind of in a win now mode because as long as they're on their team, they can win any given season. So they kind of have to do things like they got to kind of make a few more trades. I guess you wouldn't make or, you, or seem kind of crazy that they shouldn't be doing. And they, they do things like they traded Daniel Sprong, who was their best prospect for uh, Marcus Peterson, who I don't think is going to be anything special. So they do stupid shit like that. The Gensel, the Gensel extension he's good with Crosby. I I hope he's spending the entire contract alongside Crosby. 
if he is, then he's going to be worth every penny. But if he's not, uh, that might that contract might look a little bit iffy in a couple of years if uh, something happens with their chemistry, or if they end up going on a like a cold streak together and they uh, Sullivan breaks up that line and then they never really reconnect for a while. But it'll be uh, be interesting. My my thing is how much money that how much money do they have locked up in Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, and Gensel now. Like Let's four go players. Let's friendly and find out. Yeah, like four forwards, and then yeah, like you were talking about the Jack Johnson deal. They're gonna have to pay Matt Murray something. I think they're kind of in a way kind of getting lucky with how bad he is this year because he shouldn't be able to argue for anything. Uh, and then Chris Letang makes a ton of money too, I believe. So next year, Gensel's contract kicks in. So that'll right. be six for Gensel, five point three for Patrick Hornquist. 6.8 for Phil Kessel, 8.7 for Crosby, and 9.5 for Malkin. And then how much for Latang and Jack Johnson? Oh, and let's not forget Tar- Tanner Pearson's making a 3.75, and Brian Rust is making 3.5. Yeah, so like I. And then on top of that, Latang will be making 7.25. Uh, Dumoulin. We'll be making 4.1. Olimata will be making 4 mil. Uh, so you gave Jack you Johnson 3.2. And Alexiak will be making uh, 2.137. Oh, a lot of money invested in that defense, which is kind of well if you put Doolin. See, I think I'm fine giving Doolin that money. Olimata, I think, is a little more questionable. Because uh, Ali Mata hasn't exactly been killing it, but I think no, Doomlin no. and Latang are they pretty hate him there. By the way, Ben's fans. Oh yeah, they they went from loving him to not liking him at all. Yeah, I remember I wanted the Flyers to take him in that draft, and then it took Lawton, who uh, I didn't know at the time, and has ended up becoming my favorite player. Apparently, and, your your uh, favorite player of all yeah. time. <laughs> Scott Lawton's turned into a solid bottom six guy. Yeah, yeah. Even though he had a uh, hit a couple bad plays tonight. But it that happens. line, that line has looked—they haven't looked bad. Everybody has been playing fine. Uh, he last killed Sergeyev tonight. What's that? Oh yeah, he, he murdered somebody. He got away with murder tonight. So that's. But I mean, that's Scott Lawton. I feel like he does that pretty routinely. You know, just kind of gets away with whatever he wants. Uh, anyway, that—that's the Jake Gensel extension. Uh, the other, t- uh, Daryl Metcalf, who created extra skater and then joined the um maple Leafs front office i believe he got promoted to assistant general manager i'll have to look it up real quick and then one other thing i wanted to talk about with you was what the hurricanes wore harford wheelers attire on sunday they wore like the green jersey and everything what do you how do you feel about that do i mean it's a dope look a, it's a dope look do you think that's something that, like, uh, do you think Hartford Whalers fans should be pissed? Like, Hartford, Connecticut people? Are there any still living? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> it's like, I feel like it's a weird, like, I feel like they would be pissed just because the Hurricanes are profiting off of a team yeah, that ultimately left I them, guess they I guess. could be, I guess I, I would be pissed if I was in, in, their, in their shoes, but at the same time, we're not talking about, about a ton of people. Yeah, no, that's like, fair. What's the 
population of Hartford, <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah, I don't know. Hey Siri, <laughs> what is the population of Hartford, Connecticut? As of 2014, the population of Hartford was 124,893. So why who gives you, a shit? Why would you ever put a team there? Like, who? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Screw it. The oh. Whalers jerseys are dope. Good job, Hurricanes. Oh, by the way, uh, Daryl Metcalf got the... Not quite the Daryl Schrute. Well, actually, he's above the Dwight Schrute. Uh, he's the special, special assistant to the GM. What his title is with my paper <laughs> work here, even though it's being asked for right now. So, uh, also, actually, uh, can you ask? I was gonna ask, can I ask Siri if they can play uh, I Can't Drive 55 by Sammy Hagar? I don't, I don't know if we have the rights to that one and the Hagarettes. Oh, yeah, I guess we can't play. Uh, I can't you play could just, we could just sing it together. I'm good, I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to do it? I'm no Sammy Hagar, so I can't, I don't want to. Who is? Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't want to even try to embarrass myself. Can't just... drive. 55. 55. Yeah. Yes. He, I mean, that yes. guy. Yeah. Kills it. Amazing. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry that I, that I sung that song, by the way. Oh, man. She's run for president of the United Hate, Hate of America. <laughs> we did it. We still got it in there. <laughs> we did it. We got it in there. Hooray. Uh, so we... uh. I think we did it all. We did yeah, it all. Wrap it up. I gotta Let's work tomorrow. Up. I'm tired. <laughs> Don't just go with it. Um, gang, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Are sports bad this week, Craig? Uh, no. Nah, I mean, the Eagles won. Flyers won on Sunday too, and uh, they'll be good if the Bears win on Sunday. Yeah, and the Eagles win. Yeah. I by the way, do you think they're the Flyers or Flyers? Do you think the Eagles are getting in? Let's be optimistic. Yes. I I'm it's not gonna, gonna be, be optimistic. I have a very bad feeling they're gonna pull off a pre Super Bowl Eagles type thing and the Bears are gonna smoke the Vikings. The Eagles are gonna like lose to the Redskins somehow. And I'm going to do a swan dive out of my apartment window. <laughs> Straight to the bargain. Please lot. don't. Please don't. <laughs> Who am I going to do this podcast with? If that happens. I uh, can do it. You can do it with Steph Kelly. I think. Bill. It's not oh, going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. I need you. Same. Yeah, I am a lot better at podcasting than both of them. <laughs> so you're right. That's very true. Well, you know, as you know, this I'm is the only so Flyers podcast. So. Yeah, the only podcast out there that talks about the Philly Flyers, baby. The Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Uh, Craig, is it sports are bad? Are you working on anything we should be looking out for on Broad Street Hockey? Uh, not, week? I mean, not for Friday. Uh, I'm going to have a uh, return flight next week with the Hurricanes. I have the NHLE piece I'll put up next week, too. And, uh, yeah, once these return flights are done, I'm going to start going into the 2019 draft class and hopefully get more articles done about the actual, like, on-ice analysis. They just, uh, I try and put as much as I can in these return flights and they're all like 1500 to 2000 words and I was uh, I was an idiot and I thought of this idea about a week before the season and I was like yeah you know what let's do it this year so pretty much this whole season has just been the podcast and then writing those in between so yeah so once Good that, times. yeah I think the last one will be on January 19th 
So I think I have four or five teams left. And then uh, I'll get back on the breaking down why uh, Andrew McDonald shouldn't be on the penalty kill or something. <laughs> yeah, <Perfect>. so. <laughs> well, you can reach Craig at Sports or Bad. You can reach me at Estebaum or at Flyperbole. And uh, in addition to this podcast, should have the stuff that we recorded last week up at some point, the airing of grievances and the uh, trivia from the concourse last week. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited uh, about that. Be on the lookout for that. Have a little bit of creative editing to do with that due to uh, audio level things. All sorts of fun technical stuff. But we'll figure it out and get it out there, and that'll be wonderful. Uh, you should also follow Broad Street Hockey and BSH Radio. And lastly, Craig, any New Year's resolutions? Uh... No, I was going to say good, good, because they're bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got I got. I mean, I guess technically, you know, eat better. But I mean, here we kidding. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Minus is stop watching the Flyers. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. But, you know, I guess I guess I don't we know. have to. I guess I guess we stopped. I don't know if the podcast would get any worse. <laughs> we bring people. We attempt to bring people. Some sort of level of analysis of the Flyers, but it would probably be better if we just spent two hours talking about like Sammy Hagar and I don't know the trading places or some shit. Yeah, Mas Tequila. <laughs> I just hope that the Flyers have certain resolutions. I mean, they're they're already working on the penalty kill, which is great. They're already yeah. trying to simplify the power play, but I have one resolution, and this is for you, Chucky. Two trades. Your resolution. Should be to move on from one Andrew McDonald. For the love of God. That would be amazing. The starfish's time is done. Let's move along. Or at least, at least try and get Andrew McDonald to stop at the starfishing. Yeah. That'd be a tough uh that'd be a tough thing to do. Get out. He's you got need to draw a line. Still. You need to draw a line in the sand, Chucky Two Trades. Either <laughs> your starfishing goes or you go. Yeah, I agree. I agree, absolutely. Well, that's what New Year's is all about. So fresh starts, but let's just let's just get rid of this. Anyway, gang, thank you for listening. Happy New Year, and until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig. But not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello! I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that 
for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.